Hey guys, this is Din. And this is Rish. And welcome to Z Talk, the Zelda Dungeon Podcast. So we have some really good submissions this month, uh, with some familiar voices and some not so familiar voices. There's also no community question of the month this month. Uh, sorry about that, but there'll be one next month back to normal. And you know what, guys? You have to stick around for the end of this podcast, because Colonel Majora has worked really hard on a special surprise for us in commemoration of the new year. There's something else really special right before that on the podcast. Someone very special is on the Keaton Quiz this month. Me? No, not you. Why not me? Because it's not you. Who is it, then? Axel the Beast is sticking around this month to challenge Tattle for that throne, try to knock her down, and then we'll have two new contestants if he can beat her. I guess that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's pretty exciting. All right, you know what? We should get to it. Okay. Hey guys, this is Rishian with this month's community tip. Brought to you by Hyrulean Rail Service. Now hiring engineers. Please make sure you know how to use a cannon. Alright, so for this month's community tip, I'm going to talk to you guys about how to contact us on the contact page. So, when you open ZeldaDungeon.net, scroll all the way to the very bottom. You're going to find a link that says, Contact Us. Now, when you do come to the page, and you fill out everything, your name, your form name, your email, if you want us to get back to you, Make sure you go to Category and go to the drop-down menu. Now you're going to see a lot of different options. To contact us, go to Zelda Dungeon Podcast. Even if it's a mailbag question for us. I know it says mailbag, but that's for Axel the Beast for his uh, curiosity shop mailbag section. So don't use that one unless it's for him. Hit send and we'll get it from you right away. Also, guys... Remember, you don't have to use the contact page. You can always contact us directly at dinandrish at gmail.com. So remember that email again was dinandrish at gmail.com. No spaces in it. So guys, that was the community tip for this month. Brought to you by Hyrulean Rail Service. Now hiring engineers for an area near you. All right, your favorite random person is back, and he is here to talk about Twilight Princess and defend it from all you haters out there. So hopefully random person can randomly come up with some facts to randomly stop people. Take it away, random. Okay, the random jokes are getting old. Shh. Sup, peeps? Random person here. And you listening to Random in Person. Where random person gives his random thoughts about the random things he thinks about in Zelda, randomly. And what I'm going to be talking about today is something that's been a long time coming, Twilight Princess. Now, anybody who knows anything about Twilight Princess knows that there are two sides to the fence. There's the side where people who think it's an incredibly rupee game, and then there are those who think that it shouldn't have been a Zelda game at all. You rarely see anybody who just likes Twilight Princess. They either love it or they hate it. And, you know, once I heard that a lot of people didn't like Twilight Princess, you know, I heard the complaints, and I just felt that I needed to talk about some of them. 
Um, like I said, this has been a long time coming. It's uh, number 17 on top 100 things I want to do before I die. Um, right in between get millions of dollars, buy out Nintendo, and make the best Zelda game that anyone has ever seen in their lives. And eat a fried hot dog. Hmm. I think I'm going to switch those two. That, that fried hot dog seems a bit more important. But anyway, um, I'm not going to be talking about all the complaints because, you know, Dinner Rich have that whole time thing going on, and you got to stick to that. And Dinner Rich are always on my case. Rich said if I mess up again, he's going to take away my cupcake privileges, and I don't want my cupcake privileges taken away. So let's do this thing. Now, the main thing that you generally hear, if you hear somebody complaining about Twilight Princess, they, they, prob they probably say that, that it tried too hard to be dark usually when they say this they're comparing it to Majora's Mask saying that while Twilight Princess tried in both color and plot to be dark it kind of didn't do it um, it strayed away from the traditional Zelda feel by only using dark colors and it made them dislike the game more whereas Majora's Mask still kept the bright colors, still kept that kind of Zelda E feel that they were looking for while still being dark now to me you know it's kind of hard for me personally to call any Zelda game dark. I know there are dark parts in Zelda games, both graphically and story-wise, but if I did, I would easily choose Twilight Princess, and, and let me tell you why. I don't see Majora's Mask as a dark game. Yes, there are a lot of depressing things happening in it. Yes, it's got some dreary music, but even still, with all the dark things that are in it, the game itself still feels lighthearted to it. Whereas Twilight Princess felt more of the traditional dark sense. So yeah, you could argue that Twilight Princess stayed, strayed away more so than Majora's Mask from the traditional Zelda feel by going the dark route of But Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess were trying to do two different things in regards to their darkness. So I personally feel it's kind of unfair to judge Twilight Princess saying it was bad because it, it wasn't like Majora's Mask in this sense. Um, because they were trying to do two different things in their dark feel. And I also feel that Twilight Princess stuck to um, Zelda in certain regards. Just not as much as Majora's Mask. Because Majora's Mask, you know, it really felt like the, the next step. <clears throat> it really felt like another Ocarina of Time in regards to, you know... Don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying it's a copy of Ocarina of Time. Just say you could really feel it. And next, if, if a person isn't complaining about it that, it that it was too dark, they're probably saying that it was too easy. I mean, a person, why is it being easy too bad? There aren't people usually complaining that games are too hard. <coughs> cough! Cough! Adventure of Link! Cough! Yeah, people generally are complaining about games being too hard, but the whole di thing about difficulty is there needs to be a balance. Video games are supposed to present a challenge. If a video game is too hard, you feel you've been cheated out of the challenge. If a video game is too easy, you feel that it isn't a challenge at all. And when I say too hard, I mean unfair hard, not like, anyway, going past that. And I, I will admit, I will admit openly, Twilight Princess was a very easy game. And to us Zelda people, it feels even easier. Because once you play like a certain number of Zelda games, you can tell, you can more easily figure out certain clues, you know, when to use bombs, you know, when to look at your map to find secret rooms, you know, when to do certain things. So it was even easier for us. 
However, I feel that Nintendo had justifications for making their game easy. For making this game easy, not all their games. Um, the thing about Twilight Princess is, if you notice, that it was trying to be very cinematic. And I think it succeeded in that regard. I think Twilight Princess is the most cinematic game, uh, cinematic, cinematic Zelda game that we've had so far. Those Skyward Sword fans might disagree with me. And because it was trying to get you to pay more attention to its story and how it affected the characters, it took away from the difficulty of the gameplay. Because although it's not impossible, plenty of games have done it before, um, I suppose Nintendo thought it was rather difficult for you to focus on the game, on the story, if it was so hard to get to the story. But Twilight Princess, you found it really easy to correlate the story to the gameplay, and it was done in a really movie-esque way. I actually like that a lot about Twilight Princess. But even though I liked it, I am a true believer that gameplay comes above story. I believe story is really close to gameplay, but ultimately I feel that gameplay is the most important thing. So if that was the only thing I had to say to you, they down the gameplay so that the story um, could be better. That's still not a good enough excuse. But, 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 however, notice the but. but. That wasn't the only reason they had. See, recently in their games, Nintendo's been trying to please both us, Zelda fans, and incoming new people. And one of the biggest complaints about Zelda is, oh, it's too hard. And usually we make fun of COD fans saying that they can't think while they're playing. But the, the thing about it is people play video games to enjoy themselves. And some people come home from work or school or, and they don't want to be stressed while they're playing. We as Zelda fans, we like thinking while we play. But certain fans don't like to go through that kind of, certain fans, certain people don't like to go through that kind of aspect. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's different kinds of gamers. It makes us different. And so what Nintendo was trying to do was they, they dumbed down the difficulty of the game and they tried to make it they tried to make it um, easier for those incoming people. And I think they succeeded well. Uh, you, you heard a lot of people say, my first game was Twilight Princess. I played it, never thought I'd play a Zelda game before. And once I did, I started playing the other games and I liked them a lot. And I felt that that was a good opener. And um, But even still, I feel that if you change certain aspects of a game, um, of, a, of a game series, you you might you'll stray too far away from the series, and I feel that's not a good place to go. So if those were the only two things I had to say, you could still argue me and have a good chance of winning. But I still have one more thing to say. While they were trying to please non-Zelda fans by dumbing down the difficulty, they were trying to make up for it to us Zelda fans with their ingenuity and creativity. A lot of things you did in Twilight Princess, you never thought you'd do. This is you and the Goron Minds. Oh look, there's water. I have iron boots. I wonder what I have to do. Think. Oh look, there's a switch. There's probably gonna be a door somewhere. No, 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 no. You are walking on the ceiling when you step on that switch. You are walking using magnetism and metal boots. That freaked you out. It was so awesomely whoopy. Those giant bosses that were so easy to defeat, you love feeling epic and slaying them. You loved knocking down those little minions that were so easy. You loved doing the final blow. Sometimes you would try intentionally not to kill them while standing up so they would fall down and you could do the final blow. And don't tell me you didn't memorize exactly when to push A to do Link's little sword twirl animation. All of you memorized it. Well, maybe not that guy over there. You know who you are. And that girl. And that other girl. But the rest of you memorized it. And so I feel that, you know, they, like I said, 
Nintendo was trying to please other people with their easiness, but they tried to make it up to us too. And I feel that there's a nice even balance because I didn't even notice the dumbed down difficulty while I was playing. I was going through it rather easily than I usually do in a Zelda game, but I didn't even notice it because I was having so much fun doing stuff. And, you know, adding all that together, they were trying to do different things with their story, and they were trying to appeal to more people, and they were still trying to make us Zelda fans feel at home by doing, by making it more ingenuitive. I feel that Twilight Princess is justified in making its game less difficult. And I actually have a lot, 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 lot more to say, and there's a lot, lot, lot more to it, but I am so running out of time. I'm not here, I'm not trying to tell you that Twilight Princess is the best game ever or the best Zelda game ever. There are some legit complaints about Twilight Princess. Um, the main thing I'm trying to point out is that a lot of the complaints I hear about Twilight Princess, it seems to me they're not being thoroughly analyzed, you know. Not so much that people are saying, well, I didn't like it, so that makes it bad, but so much as this is generally a bad aspect, but actually in Twilight Princess, if you look at diff if you look at different other things in just that, you can see that it, you can actually justify it. And I, I do believe there is such a thing as over-justification. I believe a lot of people do that with certain other games, not saying on this power sword. Um, but I honestly feel that Twilight Princess deserves just a second look. Or just, you know, look at different opinions. And um, you can, you know, I'm just a random person. I don't know everything about everything. But um, just note that when you're complaining about Twilight Princess or any game, anything for that matter, ask yourself this. Does this really deserve the complaint that I'm giving it? Or am I just not looking at the entire picture? Well, that was random, and I'm out. Alright, random person. I guess you get to keep your cupcake privileges. For now. So either one or two things has happened here. Either random got a voice synthesizer, or he's developed a split personality, and there's actually a second random person, so now we have two random persons. Would those be random people, Din? No. Well, oh, now there's the theory question. Mind-blowing. Let's move on. Thank you for your segment, random persons. Alright, we have Majora's Cat here, and he's going to be talking about... Metroid and Zelda and similarities. Similarities between the two games. Take it away. So this is Majora's Cat. If there's one thing that's been nagging at my tiny little brain lately, it's that there are just so many similarities between Metroid and Zelda. I love both franchises, but of course my favor falls on Zelda. Some things Zelda does better, some things Metroid does better. And there are certain aspects in each game that could be improved on by just looking at how the other franchise handles its business. But what in the big round world can Zelda learn from Metroid? That's the big question. And does Metroid do anything better than Zelda? You tell me. Is McDonald's the world's largest distributor of toys? I don't know. Well, I don't expect you to know the answer to that. You see what I'm getting at, right? I feel that ever since the original Zelda on the Nintendo Entertainment System, the storytelling presentation has not been stellar. 
Now by no means is storytelling what makes or breaks a game like The Legend of Zelda, but it can definitely be improved on. Now from what Metroid does instead of showing up straight out cutscenes, is it sprinkles secrets that can be analyzed, stored, and read at a later time. It's up to the player whether or not he or she wants to piece together the story. Now the recent PlayStation Network title, Journey, does the same exact thing. Zelda being part puzzle, part adventure, and relying heavily on open exploration to be as awesome as it is, should sometimes let players unearth secrets and figure out what's going on behind the scenes. In the Metroid Prime games, and in the original Metroid, exploration is a biggie. You're rewarded for snooping around, and it's becoming increasingly apparent that Nintendo is trying to move Zelda away from that sort of game structure. Just look at Skyward Sword. It's linear compared to previous installments, and just becomes too oriented around the main quest. Another thing I want to bring up is difficulty level bosses. I found myself struggling too many times in Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, but didn't have any problems with any of the 3D Zelda console releases. Okay, Skyward Sword's bosses could be challenging at times, but boss battles generally aren't as heart racing or difficult to take down as the baddies from Metroid. It might have to do with the boss's speed, accuracy, or health. Metroid bosses just tend to barrage Samus with projectiles, while the space bounty hunter's own attacks are weak in comparison. What makes Metroid bosses fun is the combination of shooting like a madman and figuring out the method to defeat it. New Zelda bosses are just about the method and not about the infliction of damage. Anyway, those are just a few things that are on my mind. Thanks for having me here, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thank you very much, Majora's Cat, for your very first segment. Uh, I do have to agree with you on some points that... Yes, the boss battles can seem kind of like a hit-the-blinky-bit-here, and it's very self-explanatory. However, although the games can be a bit more linear than Metroid, I find that good because you don't get frustrated. I think there's ups and downs to both, but um, I definitely see the comparisons that you made. It's time for the mailbag. Hey guys, welcome to the mailbag. Din, we gotta keep this short and quick. Yeah, we do, because we have 13 voice questions. Alright, so let's get to the first one right away by The Chosen One. Hi, this is The Chosen One, and my question for you is, is there any Zelda games that you guys haven't played? Well, between the two of us out of the main games, I can only think of one. Din? Uh, Spirit Tracks would be the only one between the two of us that we haven't played. I've tried it. Haven't really played it yet, though. In time. I own it, but I've got a few other games to get through first. Okay. Alright, next question by Sibo. Hey, Kenrish, this is Sibo again. And I would have another question I was just asking. Have you guys ever heard of the Gegman timeline? And if you have, do you believe in it? Alright, thanks. Bye. Thank you for your question. Um, yes, I do believe in it. Now, do I like it? Not entirely, but I mean, there has to be a timeline where he doesn't win. He can't just always win. Why not? Be- because, then, why even bother? I don't know that I I like it, but I would say that, you know, if it's released in Hyrule Historia, you kind of have 
to believe it in a way. But I don't necessarily like the idea of a third timeline. Yes, but Din, having a third timeline allows us to figure out more. Yes and no, it also just complicates things. True enough. Alright, next question. Uh, another one by Sibo. Hey, Jenna, um, this is Sibo, and I was wondering if you could be any race in all of the Legend of Zelda games, what race would you be? Thanks. Bye. Didn't answer for me. Um, I would be a Gerudo, and Rish would be a Shikia or Shika, however you pronounce it. There you go. All right, moving on. Din, who do we have next? Kermish. Hello, Din and Rish. This is Kermish, and um, got a question for you guys. Since the map of um, Twilight Princess and uh, Ocarina of Time are are nearly the same. And there's a sacred forest meadow in, in Twilight Princess, same thing as Ocarina of Time. Do you think that if Link were to go through the Lost Woods and just mess around, he could have ended up in Termina? And if he did, would you like if would you like a sequel to Twilight Princess? I just wanted your opinion. See you later. Okay, I'm gonna sum that question up. The question was. The, do you think Link could get to Termina from the Lost Woods in Twilight Princess, which would then result in a sequel off of Twilight Princess in Termina? I would like a sequel, but I don't think it would work that way. No, I don't think... Small tidbit, most people forget, the woods that Link enters Termina from is actually the Woods of Mystery, not the Lost Woods. Even though it's kind of believed they're connected, they're not the same. So... And thus, the whole... Going through the Lost Woods to get to Termina thing can't work. Yeah, well, kind of. But we assume it can't work. Not from the woods in Twilight Princess, no. Alright, let's move on. Keep it going. Hey, Dinrish, this is Kermish. And how did you guys get on the Zelda Dungeon staff? Just wondering. Bye. Alright, for those of you that are curious about getting on the staff, there is an application process that includes interviews and everything else. There's a link, I believe it's on the very bottom of any page on the site, except for the forum. There's a big button that says, uh, contact us, I think it's under? I'm not sure. Something like that. Or applications. Oh, no, it's on the site. It's on the featured bar on the top of the website on main page. Um, it says apply or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, it's just a bit of a process. You have to apply, you will then be interviewed if your application goes through, and a whole bunch of stuff like that. For Rish and I, it was um, kind of a filling of a need, and that was, we were offering something that the website wanted, and we passed the interviews and everything, and we were hired. And thus, Z Talk was born. He didn't rush, this is right. Long time ago, you said that you couldn't be on the Keaton quiz because you make questions for it. Now that Colonel Majora is making your Keaton quiz questions, I was wondering if we could hear Keaton quiz with you two against each other. Well, um, maybe? Stay tuned. We'll just have to see. Hey guys, it's Colonel Majora here. I'm not a fan of the idea of voice acting in Zelda, but I think maybe it's about time that Link started speaking. Do you think he should, or should we stay with the whole, you know, silent hero thing? If it was done well, it'd be awesome. However, it won't be done well, so don't do it. Silent hero thing. 
it on. Let's keep Din, it going. Din likes her silent link. Hey Din, hey Rish, uh, Glitchy Mew Man here, and I was really curious, uh, what are your real names? Um, and if you don't want to answer it, then I won't take it personally. My real name is Din Akara. Actually, no, my first name is Akara and my last name is Din. Whoa, I bet you didn't see that one coming. Sure, sure. Anyways, I just like, uh, keeping the whole mysterious thing going, kind of like Zoro, but cooler. So yeah. There it is. What? It, it's still Rishian. There we go. Hello there, Din. Hello there, Rish. This is TikTok here, and I was wondering if you could add an optional side quest to any already existing Zelda game. What would it be like? What game would you add it onto? And what would the final reward be? Thanks so much. This is TikTok, and goodbye. Off the top of my head, I would have some kind of flying obstacle-type course uh, in Skyward Sword that would result in some sort of jet pack to make you faster <laughs> on the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. If I really thought about it, I'd come up with something cool for Twilight Princess, but that's all I got for today. I've got one for Majora's Mask. Now... Think back to Orcarina of Time. You remember the Marathon Man? You can't beat him no matter how much you race him, okay? So now think into Majora's Mask. You go in. You get you get the bunny hood like normal. Now all of a sudden, the Marathon Man is there. And he's running around. If you can beat him, you unlock the ability to jump like a rabbit. So two to three times higher than you normally jump. I think that'd be a cool ability to unlock. Hi, Dinrish. I wanted to know who your favorite Zelda character was. Mine's Lionbet, because I think he's a great comic relief character. He goes through a good amount of character development during the game, and he's very, very funny. I like Lionbet too, actually, but um, I don't have a truly favorite character. Din? Um, it's hard for me to pick one. I would probably pick between... Um, Sheik, Tingle, and Groose. And Link. Groose because of his awesome hairstyle? Yes. Hey, Din and Rish, it's Soko McMango. And, uh, my question is, what is your favorite villain, and what is your least favorite villain? Thanks. My favorite villain, I gotta go with the classic, Ganondorf. But my least favorite, I have to go with a new one, and it creeps me out. You guys all probably remember who it is. It's the awesome... Girahim? Girahim himself. Because he licks your ear like a creepy guy. See, and I'm going to flip it around. I'm going to say that Girahim's probably my favorite. Um, because he was such a break from the norm. And I would say that Ganondorf is my least favorite just because I'm bored of him. Not because he's a bad character or a bad villain. He's a great villain and a great character. I'm just bored of him. Fair enough. Hey, Din and Rich. This is ZeldaFan11235. I just had a quick question for you. What did you think about the Silent Realms in Skyward Sword? And what was your technique to overcoming them? Um, so, thanks. Bye. Uh, I really liked the Silent Realms. I thought they were great. I thought they were really um, big change in terms of what you're used to in, in gameplay. They struck legitimate fear into my heart. And um, I thought they were a really cool mechanic. How did I overcome them? Once I figured out that you were faster than the Guardians uh, when you were running, 
then I realized that it was about um, tactics and outsmarting them, not about speed and such. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Really innovative, great gameplay. By the third time you're doing it, it's just grinding and dragging on, so it needed to stop. Hello, Denton Rush. Igos here. My question today is, on average, how long is the waiting list for text questions? Thank you. Rish? Well, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, is when we get a huge number of voice questions, of course it pushes back all of our text questions. So, right now, I'm sitting on about 24 text questions, but because we can get through a bunch at a time, you know what? It shouldn't be that long, so keep sending them in. And remember, you can send in voice questions, and they do get priority. And that was 13 voice questions in 10 minutes. Go! Oh, <laughs> no. end. No, end. Stop. Go? End. I'm confused. Let's move on to our next segment. Alright, Colonel Majora is back again with another segment. And he's going to be talking to us about the use of technology in the Zelda series. Take it away, Colonel. Hello, listeners! Colonel Majora here with another legendary reflection. This time around, I'm discussing a highly debated topic, Zelda with or without technology. Uh, I feel as though this topic has been argued with fewer points than others, but people have, have to get their facts straight before they move on, because if you want to make a good argument, about whether or not to have technology in the games, you gotta hold up your end. So I'm gonna go for a few points that always seem to come up in the arguments, but should be smartly used in said arguments. And then I'm gonna go over a couple of technological things that I, I think should be used in the Zelda games, but that won't make it overly technological for the sake of keeping that style that we all know and love. Uh, so, First point, it's kind of a quick one, really, to get through uh, the time placement of the series. With the official timeline out now, points of certain arguments can be made regarding the placement of certain games relative to others. But we all knew already that Skyward Sword was first. It was before any other Zelda game so far. Uh, with that in mind, the medieval style of Zelda should not restrict technological advancements. The technology used in the, in the Lanayru Desert in that game is extremely advanced, but it appears to have been made well, decades or probably centuries before the time placement of Skyward Sword. That is really old. That's before the timeline's first game. So technology has always been in the games, and its time placement should not really be relevant. Uh, uh, and also, there's the thing where it's like, Oh, Zelda's a fantasy, no, so no tech allowed. Uh, Final Fantasy, anyone? Have you seen the machines in those games? But, I digress. Um, now the point that most people bring up first in this topic, one that's much bigger, the fact that technology could ultimately take away from the, the medieval feeling of the games. The, and, like, oh, it doesn't suit the game whatsoever. Well, guess what, guys? There's already a ton of tech used in the world of Zelda. It's used for all kinds of purposes that are not unlike what are used in real life. A big use of tech is communications. There's not a lot here. There's, like, the rotary phones in Link's Awakening. I don't know how that works, but probably the biggest example in this whole segment uh, is Wind Waker's 
Tingle Tuner. How do you have a medieval times created thing that has LCD screens, direct video and audio feed, that's wireless across an ocean, and like it's basically FaceTime, but in medieval times? How does that work? But one really big one is transportation. Spirit Tracks used trains, which must have had gear systems, maybe use of coal or electricity, and I think that that could lead to more advanced uh, vehicles being used in the future games. Plus, there's not only the uses of rail systems for trains, but also just simple minecart tracks that have levers that change the direction from far away from the tracks. There's all, and also flying things like hot air balloons. They must have some ability to like air up the like Beatles airship airship or air shop in Skyward Sword and uh, Spirit Tracks. Floating platforms and ones on rails are definitely more advanced than our world's technology. Uh, and elevators are are what they are. Finally, the SS Linebeck in Phantom Hourglass and various on water warships and whatnot. Um, they actually are pretty well advanced. They got cannons, salvaging grains, and they work through engine rooms. Uh, anyway, now for technology for public use, things that are like household items. Pictograph boxes. Very compact. Majora's Masks could only hold one black and white photo, but Wind Waker's could hold three colored ones. Granted, using a magic bug, but meh. Details. Oh, clocks. Clocks are cool. This is a good one because not only did the Terminians lay out their measurement of time with different speed, but but the same uh, hours as us, but they've also managed to construct a fully annually transforming clock tower and a ton of household clocks for everyone in the country. This is a big advance past Hyrule, I gotta say. And then there's, finally, there's music. Uh, there's been quite a few things used. There's the gramophone in uh, Minish Cap, the jukebox in Ocarina of Time's Bonshu Bowling Alley, uh, the Zora Hall instruments and amps and things in Majora's Mask, and a huge gramophone on the Icona house in Majora's Mask. Oh, and as a side note, this isn't actually a household piece of technology, but Majora's Mask's Great Bay Temple had huge giant pump systems all throughout the complex. Terminus seems to be significantly more technologically advanced than Hyrule as a whole. Now, I'm not going to talk about enemies that are technological because there's way too many throughout the series, so let's move on. As for normal items, you know, there's the spinner, various versions of the hookshot, the beetle, and of course compasses. And then there's those ones that are sort of magic and technology, like the Dominion Rod, uh, Twilight Princess's souls or souls from uh, the Twilight Realm, and Minish Cap's Gus Jar. But yeah, that's all I could think of that's already been used. Or, well, there's a few other things, but time passes on, so let's move on. These are some of the things that I want to see in future games, like things that could be used. One idea is the popularly discussed use of steam-powered technology. It could be used in trains, maybe boats, uh, low-tech robots, vehicles, stuff like that. This stuff has been used before, like, but with different kinds of technology, but I feel like steampunk stuff would work better with the style of Zelda, considering how it 
it's easily recognized as a sort of primitive type of technology. Next is air travel. I want a plane or something. <laughs> like a, well, maybe not a plane, but something like that. Something along those lines. I mean, propellers have been used on robots and things in Skyward Sword. Uh, and, like, other things have been used that could be used for some sort of flying vehicle. Basically, not something like a hot air balloon or a magic bloody carpet cough cough CDI cough cough and of course not by bird I don't have anything against Skyward Sword it's just I didn't really like that air travel type that all that much anyway my point is it's not outside the possibility things like electricity wind propulsion and coal have been used to power and hold up huge machines and complexes so why can't we go all out and fly with it now a more controversial one, guns. This is one that, uh, well, it's very controversial, it's very highly debated, but it is more of a thing that I think shouldn't be used. There's the violence thing, but I remember Axel the Beast made a video once saying that medieval uh, weaponry and stuff like that that's been used in Zelda is way more violent than guns, and I very much agree. That shouldn't be a reason why they shouldn't be implemented, and you know, neither should the f how old they, like how modern they are. Rather, now really old guns could be added, you know, possibly. But come on, even if it it's a minor addition that doesn't replace the major weaponry, the bow and arrows still work in the same way, and I think they're cooler. So stick with those. I just. I don't think that guns are hugely technologically advanced, at least not old-fashioned firearms, but guns don't fit the style. But anyway, that kind of wraps things up here. I know I didn't mention everything tech-related in the games, but if you'd like to mention something that I missed, something I was wrong about, something I should have improved on, or something you liked, or something you really, really hated about it, please send a cheeky little email to me at colonelmajora at gmail.com. But, as just a quick side note, my last segment involving the Wind Waker's sailing versus Skyward Sword's flying argument made some people think that I, like, hated Skyward Sword's flying completely, or didn't even like Skyward Sword, period. First of all, I agree with a point that a guy named Bradley he brought up in an email to me, that Skyward Sword's flying seemed like it should be maybe a mini-game of some sort. It seemed just not necessary at all, while Wind Waker's sailing seemed like a really important game mechanic. But to TikTok, someone who emailed me about whether I hated flying or not, no, I don't hate it, it's just... Well, let me put it this way. The way a lot of people feel about Wind Waker's sailing is... That's how I feel about the flying. It's just boring and time-consuming. I don't hate it, but I don't really like it all that much either. And that's all for now, so see you next time. I'll be back to rant again another day. So good day, good night, and good game. I have an answer to the uh, loftwing flying being boring. Rocket packs like Din said. <laughs> Strap some rockets on that bird and boom, off you go. TikTok got his name on the podcast twice this month. Whoa. Anyways, thanks again for the submission. I totally agree about the guns point. And we'll move on to our next segment. Thank you, Colonel.
And now, the Keaton Quiz. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Keaton Quiz. This is Zetox Game Show, where two contestants are asked ten questions from three different categories. The Legend of Zelda, where they must show their knowledge of the games in the series. Z-Tunes, where they must name the title of a song and what game the song is from. And Zelda Dungeon, where they show their knowledge of our website. Legend of Zelda and Zelda Dungeon questions are worth one point each. Z-Tunes questions are worth two points, one for the correct title and one for the correct game. Contestants have 10 seconds to buzz in and 10 seconds after buzzing to answer a question correctly. If a contestant buzzes before the question has been read in its entirety, the remainder of the question will not be read. If a contestant buzzes in and hesitates for more than the 10 seconds or gives a wrong answer, his or her opponent may steal a chance at the question. At this time, the question may be reread. All questions and answers are created from Zelda Dungeon's web pages. The winner of the game becomes the champion and moves on to the next round to challenge a new opponent. After winning five rounds, the champion will face off with our very own Axel the Beast. If Axel wins, the champion is eliminated and the next two contestants will begin a new round of quizzes. However, if the champion is victorious, they will continue their reign. Anyone can be a contestant on the Keaton Quiz by signing up on the forums, but all applicants should note that cheating of any kind is grounds for disqualification. Good luck to all of our contestants. Okay, welcome everyone to this edition of the Keaton Quiz. We have our reigning champion, who's been champion for four, going on five. Nope, she's been five, going on (laughs) six. Whoa. Champions, it's Tattletales. Hello, Tattle. Hi, everybody. And our challenger for this time, going to hopefully attempt to knock Tattle off her throne it's the most evil beast of all. It's Axel the Beast. Hey, Axel. <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, Tattle, can I hear your buzzing sound, please? Yes, you may. Alright, and Axel, can we hear your buzzing sound, please? No. <laughs> oh, that's spooky. And kind of mean, too. Attitude. If you don't like the questions, I got to choose them this time. <laughs> oh, I know who to come track down. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Okay. Here we go. Question number one. Category, The Legend of Zelda. In Majora's Mask, where is the rock sirloin that you must feed to the stuck Zora? Tattle first. Um, it's in the chandelier of, like, the Goron City. That is correct! Oh, Axel, Tattle beat you to that one. Tattle with our first point. What happened there? Uh, probably internet. I 
That's right. No more excuses. Okay. Question number two. Category Z Tunes. Name the title of this song. Tattle is first, but Axel buzzed. Thank you, Axel. 
I'm gonna have nightmares now. Okay, question number eight. Category, Zelda Dungeon. What does the red spoiler tag on a thread mean? <laughs> Axel. Means it has spoilers. Can you elaborate on that? The red spoiler tag on the thread titles? What does it mean in terms of information? It means that there might be a uh, spoiler, like get like uh, spoiled story events in the one of the games discussed in the thread. That is correct. It also means there will not probably not be spoiler tags in the thread. That is correct. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. Axel thank is, you for elaborating. Axel is ahead now. Okay. This next question is worth the most, though, because it's worth two points. Alright. Question number nine. Category Z-Tunes. Name the title of this song. This can make or break the game. Tattle first. It is the Minish Village from Minish Cap. Holy cow! That is correct. Okay. So Tattle is at six and Axel is at five. And there's one question and left. And there is one question left. We could go to a tiebreaker. This would be fun. Question number 10. Category, The Legend of Zelda. Which color cartridge of the original Legend of Zelda is more rare? Axel. Tattle. That is correct for Tattle. Tattle, Tattle wins. holds her throne! Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's a very common misconception that the gold cartridge was more rare, but in fact, all of them were gold except for a very few of them. Yeah, okay. Well, congratulations, Tattle. And that's why I chose that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay! Holy cow, I didn't foresee that. She will come to face Axel one more time. So. Until then. We'll see how it goes. Thank you guys for participating. Thank you. And we'll see you later. So I think we should all just stop, close our eyes, and enjoy the sounds of Hyliada by Colonel Majora, accompanied by a mix of forum members. Well, another new year. Can't wait to see how it goes. Nope. It kind of makes you want to... Break into song? Yep. I love Death Mountain. I love the cloudy skies. When I'm on Elden Bridge, I, I see, see the Lockwoods fly. When I'm in Hyrule, the people are so great. Hyliada. 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 I love the great sea. I have the Triforce. I love the cold bath. When riding on my horse, I love the kingdom. 
A legendary place. Hyliana, Hyliana. 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 I'll save the princess. No matter where she's been. I'll beat the end boss. Ganon will never win. We all love Zelda. It's such an awesome game. Hyliana, Hyliana. 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 Hey guys, Colonel Majora here. I hope everyone enjoyed this, and we all hope that this year goes as great as last year did. Thanks so much to all the podcast and site staff members, podcast contributors, and listeners who helped out with making this little project happen. We wish everyone listening a happy new year, so until next time, good day, good night, and good year! Thank you, Colonel Majora, and everybody who contributed for that beautiful song. I heard you in there, Rish! No, you didn't. Yeah, I did! Maybe. But you were in it, too. Yeah, well. <laughs> Alright, you know what? That's all the time we have, have for here on the podcast. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who contributed this month. Uh, we had a blast. You know, I really like the song. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the podcast this month. You know what was one of my favorites, Din? What? Axel getting beaten down by Tattletales. Well, I think Axel made some rookie mistakes. It was his very first Keaton quiz, if we really think about that. Well, Axel's going to have to uh, polish his sword before he comes back <laughs> into the ring. Well, maybe you'll have to coach him a little. Oh, that, that, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, that's definitely all we have time for this month. This was Din. And this was Rish. And this was Z-Talk, the Zelda Dungeon podcast. Thanks for listening. Alright. No, what's that little red dot on my computer? <laughs> you shouldn't say that, because that'd be like we're out in the... Out, outside. Majora, either be quiet or go away. <laughs> don't sneeze in the middle of the recording. <laughs> I don't... Wait, wait. Did you hear that? Your what? That sound. Oh, the, oh, it's Rita that followed me! Shit! God! <laughs> These individuals are used to cooking up a sor- storm. These individuals. Oh, I can't even say it. <laughs> One more person in Skyloft who has a knack for food is Dovis. He loves food and prize <laughs> mentioning who the worst <sighs> In the interest of time, I'll give you my top 3. Hiccup. <laughs> Would you eat anything that Ganon tried to feed you? <laughs> I think those mass pit- <laughs>